and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Ivy. And this is week 12, brought to you by Glitterbutt. Yay! We're going to start with listener correspondence this week. We have one new message on Instagram from Lindsay Janelle XOXO. Um, and the message says, I love you guys. Okay, so I was wondering who you guys want on the cover of book 8.5. Like all of Team Valiant together since we don't have official art. IDK just wanted to know what you thought. I think it would be good because we would get Dex and Bianca and Stina who isn't on any covers. First of all, thanks for, thanks for your message. Um, and that is a really good question that I honestly have not thought about yet. I don't know. What, what do you think, Ivy? Oh, um, that, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously I would like to see Dex on the cover. <laughs> um... And Bianca as well, because Bianca's only been on the cover once, I believe, and never seen. Uh, yeah, and she's, like, older now, I feel like. I don't know, I just, I feel like she's, like, yeah, no. she, she'd look a lot more mature now. Same with Dex. Yeah, definitely. I feel like they all, like, at least on the in the cover art, they all started looking older, like, starting at nightfall. So I feel like it would be good to have everyone on the cover again post nightfall i think it would be also cool to um to have more than three people on the cover like i know that's like it might be a little bit crowded and it'd be more work for for jason chan who's the cover artist and like he probably has less time now because like the plans were all changed very late and like usually the cover comes out in january and it is very much not january and we don't have a cover (laughs) um but i think i don't know i think it would be cool yeah, it would. I mean, usually the cover is, like, the climax of the book, right? So, um, maybe? I think it's still good to do that, but maybe a section of the climax where they have more people? Yeah, oh, oh, you know what would be cool if it was, like, so you know how it's gonna be a double POV for Unlocked? Yeah. It would be cool <gasps> if, if it was, like, a double like... cover with, like, a slash in the middle or something, and then Sophie with one friend on one side, and then Keith with another friend on the other side. That would be really cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be very fun. But, oh, yeah, but I did just remember that it is the split Sophie and Keith POV, so I feel like both of them will have to be on the cover, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was Keith on the cover of the last one? I have no concept of what the legacy cover looked like. Maybe was. I actually... Let me look it up. Hold on. Because the legacy cover was the one with Sophie with, like, the laser did have coming Keith. out of her head. Oh, right. It had Keith and, um, and Fitz. Oh, it had both of them. It had oh. both of them. Interesting. That is spicy and fun. Anyway. Should we talk about the book? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, so, for this week, we read chapters... Oh, 48 through 54. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, yes, for this week, we read through chapters 48 through 53. Through 53. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, this was kind of an awkward place to end, I admit. Um, but I think we'll, we'll get to that later. That was just, like, an oversight on my part when I was figuring out the schedule. Um, but it starts with, uh, Keith is visiting Sylvanie and we get the iconic scene 
where he calls her glitter butt for the first glitter time, butt. something that will stay for forever. <laughs> the only thing with continuity like in the series. And people will still be calling Sylvan glitter butt. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see, what, what else? Um, and during that section, that's when Keith is really like over at Havenfield to um, help out Sophie and figuring out like what's in this old diary that she found and like how it's important to figuring out like how she's quote unquote malfunctioning um and they figure out um that the ripped out pages in her diary had said she had written on them a boy who disappeared which is fun because okay well first of all I remember when I read this for the first time I was like 13 and I um I actually, that had never occurred to me to use a, like, a pencil to figure out what the indentation of had said on the page before, so I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah, that was actually, that was pretty cool. Yeah, like, I don't know, it was like, that was like, fun middle grade discovery, right? Although, admittedly, I do have like, sorry, I'm just talking a lot. But <laughs> No, no, it's cool, I, I will try to say things. I, I don't know. I have no thoughts. No thoughts, head empty. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I was saying that, like, admittedly, I do have a thing where, like, especially in kids' books, when I learned something for the first time, like, you know, like a trick like that, like, I would really, I would find it really cool the first time, but then if it showed up in a second book, I'd be like, oh, that's so unoriginal. Can't believe it. Aww. SMH. <laughs> oh yeah no I mean I guess like it is more interest I sound like Snape like <laughs> it is more I think exciting when you see the thing for the first time but also the other book could have done it first so you don't know Right, exactly, which is why it's, like, a very weird thing for me to do. Anyway, so, yeah, this is this is where we get the phrase, a boy who disappeared, which, if I remember correctly, I don't think it actually gets resolved. I don't think we figure out who the boy was until Everblaze, right? Um, really? That late? I mean, it is, like, kind of near the end of the book here, and it doesn't look like we're gonna be seeing that, so I guess Everblaze. I don't remember anything. <laughs> Alvar is evil. I mean, no, we know that, but, like, is he, does he, is his reveal the, that thing at the end of Never Seen, or does it come before that? Alvar's betrayal comes towards the end of Never Seen, yeah. But I think, I think we learned that he, um, I think we learned that he's a part of the Black Swan in Everblaze. Okay, and that goes with the boy who disappeared thing, because she was, he was looking for her. Right. Okay, 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 okay. <sighs> My memory of this series is so hazy, like... Yeah. It's just, it all just kind of blurs together after never seeing NGL. Um, speaking of never seen, this scene, the boy who disappeared, um... There's, this is the first time we see the never seen the the eye. I wanted to say logo, but it's not really a logo. It does not have that energy. It counts as a logo. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, um, the Never Seen logo. Yes. Yeah, so we see it on all of our, well, on the boy who disappears Bramble jersey. It's it's a it's an eye. First of all, I was wondering, how do you put that on a jersey? Because isn't it like a jersey? Like where and 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 how do you just that? I don't know. I just think that would look so awkward. Like just like a little patch like on this jersey. That is a good point. Why? I, <laughs> I guess I always imagined bramble jerseys as like kind of like baseball jersey. So they do have sleeves. Oh, but yeah, I was imagining yeah, I like know. those things that they make you wear at like PE. In like PE, right? The things with the big holes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're wearing a net. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing. Sorry, I I can I, I have a second thing. Okay, um, the second thing is that, like, I don't know if this was intentional, but I thought it was pretty like fitting that the first time we see the never seen eye is like about is when we see the boy who disappeared because it's all kind of contributing to this feeling of Sophia's like being watched you know because it's an eye yeah because it's because it's an eye (laughs) like yeah I don't know yeah no absolutely and there's this whole idea of like the boy who disappeared, not only watching her, but, like, being someone who disappeared, like, she can't see him, so the never seen have the eye, and she doesn't. <gasps> oh. Yeah. It's a symbol. <laughs> Quite <laughs> literally. <laughs> no, my, uh, my year of AP Lit is finally coming in handy. Wow. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I don't, I feel like I feel like eye imagery is really common. Like, it's everywhere. It's every. I mean, I'm thinking of two things right now. What I'm thinking of Welcome to Night Vale and the series of unfortunate events. And I know there's other ones, too. Like, I, I saw a post once um, that had, like, what, that had, like, what piece of media is this eye from by the background color? Oh, and there's an eye in Gravity Falls, isn't there? Oh, yeah, like Bill Cipher. Right? And then just, like, the Illuminati in general. The Illuminati. I mean, eyes are scary, bro. Like... Oh, and in Great Gatsby as well. <laughs> eyes are very creepy things. I mean, yeah, an eye without, like, a person attached to it. <laughs> an eye with no person. Is... Oh, God. Dr. Seuss's next book, If He Was Alive. Um, On a slightly sadder note... The next section of this section, I feel like I say the word section a lot, um, it's Alden's planting. So this is where they go to what's essentially like an elven version of Alden's funeral um, in the Wanderling Woods where his tree gets planted. This is sad. Big sad. Um, so... Yeah, and the thing is that Alden's tree isn't the only one, isn't the only tree we see in this scene. Uh, I think what this chapter or set of chapters did is they pretty much took all of the deaths that have occurred previously and just smushed them into like one day, which just made for a really sad chapter. Um, because after Alden's planting, Sophie goes and finds Dex, who is who has found their their two wanderlings from 
when they thought that when people thought they were dead in the last book um which is just like yikes that's very sad like we already went through this at the beginning of the book when sophie found those wanderlings and now we're like oh yeah we're just reminded that that's a thing <laughs> oh yeah i was wondering um so their wanderlings were like wanderlings their wanderlings were like <laughs> um they were like saplings right and I was wondering if that means that they were young when this happened, or if that means that just they haven't been dead for that long. I mean, technically, they're not dead. Well, like, no, but, like, they haven't <laughs> been, like, you know. No, but, yeah, I get it. I, you know, I had always assumed that they were saplings because the trees had been planted, like, really recently. But, because I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking about the other trees. When they plant them for adults, they grow in like a really short time so well do they i mean i, I don't thought so i mean may- maybe do we know that alden's tree was full grown okay i thought it was maybe it wasn't huh it's possible that yeah maybe it is i don't actually i don't actually remember if it was full grown well because then but... like when they go back for like like sorry but like kenrick's funeral planting <laughs> 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 whatever I thought you know that they go and see the Alden's tree you know? and then it's like all full grown. But that could be something that I just completely made up, which is definitely true. I mean, it's definitely possible. It seems possible that that was like a thing that happened. I, yeah. That also brings up another question about wanderlings, which is that like, when, when slash if Sophie and or Dex, that's a lot of slashes, actually... Like if they act, if they d- actually die later, are they getting a second wanderling? Oh, <laughs> huh. I'm imagining the council like, wait, no, we already did this. For the- also, yeah, if they turn out to not be dead, like why wouldn't they just dig up the wanderling? Like, oh, they actually discussed that in um in exile. They said that like, yeah, that even though they weren't really dead, like the wanderling was still like a living thing, so they felt like it would be bad to like. Uh-uh tear it out what, so they don't weed their gardens <laughs> <laughs> wait that's actually a really good point i i don't know the answer to that you know i kind of agree with the never seen here you gotta burn some things down <laughs> to let other things grow yeah actually like the whole idea of gardens seems to really go against their like harm no living thing idea but you know whatever makes their aesthetic look pretty i guess i mean come on we were growing a garden and we killed a lot a lot of things <laughs> but yeah um oh and the next wiley so um this is kind of funny actually because when we were doing the hogwarts house episode with star um we were trying to sort wiley into a house but we just couldn't do it because we couldn't remember anything about his personality um, I mean, he seems like a, a relatively, like, responsible adult person. I, I mean, yeah, like, he seems like he, he has it together for the most part. Which is, like, more than most of these characters can say. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, but this is, in, in the scene, we do get to, like, have a whole conversation with Wiley, which... Whoa. I was like, oh, I completely forgot that happened. Um, and this may be, like, the only full conversation of Wiley we get until, like, nightfall. Who knows? Um, 
But Wiley is at Cyrus tree and Cyrus is mom who faded due to possible foul play, but we're not supposed to know that yet. Um, and Wiley, I found it really interesting in this section, particularly the contrast between Wiley and Fitz, because we've seen, we saw earlier in this, during this planting that Fitz is just like, he's kind of totally going off the rails. He is, he does not have it together. He very much does not have it together. Um, he is having his anger issues, as we've discussed at length in previous episodes. He's just not having a good time right now, in general. Um, he is not vibing. But, uh, but Wiley, on the other hand, like, you can tell that he's grieving. He's obviously really sad, but he doesn't really get angry at Sophie. Like, he's talking about how, so how he's like, Sophie, you were supposed to make it right. Like, her whole purpose for existing is to be able to heal broken minds um and she wasn't able to do that for Prentice uh but even so he's not angry at her he just seems really sad that's true I think that maybe there could there could be something in the difference between how Wiley and Fitz were raised because um, as we know, Wiley was raised by the Hey Dads, and I feel like they were the kind of people who, I feel like they're the kind of people who would, like, who would more, at least more than the backers, like, encourage, um, like, failure and resilience and kind of be more, um, be more, like, flexible and stuff. And also he lost, you know, his dad when he was young so like he's already I assume he's already like been equipped to deal with loss whereas Fitz kind of has he's never experienced loss in the same way and like he's always just been told that he has to have it all and I think that maybe that could be related yeah that's true I it's true, we don't know, like, how Wiley reacted in, like, the first days after Prentice broke or after Syra died, right? We, you know, he's definitely, he's had a lot more time to, like, process it than Fitz has. So maybe that has something to do with it. So, um, oh, this is going back a little bit, but, but right before the planting, something that I noticed and I thought was kind of, like, bittersweet was, um when Grady gives Sophie the ruin crest to wear to the to the planting <laughs> which is like yeah he's her dad they are family um, but it's also kind of sad because it's like oh wow the thing that it because it's true the thing that makes them like a family and connected as a family is that now they've both had this shared experience of like experiencing the death of a loved one which is just like Oh my god. Oh, that's true. Well, no, but they're also family because they're family. I mean, yeah, no, that that too, obviously, but like, I think the timing. Well, yeah, out. no, I, I, yeah. I think maybe, I, I'm not sure, but I got the sense that maybe they were giving her the pin because like the planting kind of rem reminded them of something maybe and like 
I don't know. I I think, like, maybe they were trying to, yeah. Yeah, maybe this is going into headcanon territory, but, like, what if they gave her that pin because they remembered Sophie's planting and they, like, at that time they had regretted that they had never given her the pin before she had, or before they thought that she had died. Also, before they did that, what did she use to hold her cloak up? I assumed it was just, like, a regular pin. But do they, are they just given those out, like, where, <laughs> like, where does one acquire such a thing? I assume you can buy them, like, a <laughs> okay. piece of jewelry or something. I actually, I have no idea. Also, what is a cloak pin? It's a pin that holds a cloak together. <laughs> I mean, having never, like, really worn a cloak, I don't really know what a cloak pin looks like. Oh, okay. These actually, these are pretty cool. Wait, what? Oh, you're looking them up? I guess they're these, like, circles, yeah. They're these, like, circular things, and it, like, clamps these, the two pieces of fabric together, and then there's a little needle on top. Oh, yeah, I know, I know what you're referring to. I used to, you, you had this too, actually. I used, we used to have these Harry Potter cloaks, and they were connected with, like, a circular thing, right? Were they? I think that I only got it after you broke it. (laughs) <laughs> i don't i don't remember the, well anyway anyway that is not important right now cloaks are very cool though that's true i wish they were mainstream fashion just yeah i think it's um i think it's awesome that in the lost cities like one of the main like staples of fashion is cloaks because if you just imagine like, a whole city of just people walking around with all these colorful cloaks, and, like, it's, it's really, it's a really nice picture. Again, this is, like, supporting the idea of, like, please, someone adapt Keeper of Velocities as an animated TV series, yes, please. it would be so good. It would look so good. Wait, but doesn't she want it to be live action? No, she actually said she only wanted she would only give the rights if it was going to be animated because she didn't want oh, the characters okay, okay, to age cool. too quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. We're good. We're good. So, so what happens next? <laughs> I have a few more notes from the planting. They're they honestly mostly have to do with like how Fitz has to get it together and how sad this book is. And I feel like those are like the two main things about Exile as a whole. Fitz needs to get it together, and this book is really sad. A lot of a lot of stuff happened. They were like they're like twelve. Oh no, they're like thirteen. But still, that's kind of. But yeah, like a lot of a lot of stuff happens, and I feel like after Alden breaks, like after the scene in um in exile, like the prison, it's just like this constant deluge of just sadness and angst and a lot of very heavy things all happening at once and it just does not let up i mean i wonder if that was a conscious decision or if it just turned out that way because like it worked but i don't yeah it was after especially after the first book it was a little i mean it was in a, in a good way it was like surprising almost yeah, no, I agree. I I do think that it was necessary to a certain extent because, yeah, like you said, like the first book was 
very much like filled with like wonder like oh my god this world is so amazing and cool and they have like vegetables that taste like pizza or whatever (laughs) and then exile is just very much a wake-up call of like oh actually things can be bad i also think that with if you have a plot point like alden breaking that's gonna have a lot of repercussions so i do think it was necessary to address them in this way and actually show like how bad it really was i mean yeah it's essentially i mean i know he doesn't die but it's essentially a death but worse because he's still alive um (laughs) yeah and also it's i also feel like it's worse this might be obvious but just because the elves like so few people die like we saw there were only a couple hundred trees in the wandering woods oh about that are we gonna talk about, about are we gonna that. get into the elven population discussion? Because I would love yes, to get into the elven are. population discussion. Because that's I, why are they not just complete like okay, okay. So basically, I feel like the only way for this to work is if they kept making new cities, and since their cities seem to like not follow like logic of time and stuff. I mean, not time, of space, like, that's fine. But also, it took them a really long time to rebuild, like, Eternalia, or whatever, Luminari, what, whatever, whichever one died, and then, like... <laughs> I think I just it, it, was, like... it was, no, it was both, actually. Eternalia died in Everblaze with Kenrick, and then Luminaria did the boom thing in Lodestar. Oh, okay, okay, so... But anyway, it seems like it takes them a really long time to rebuild things, and you'd think that if they were constantly, you know, building these, um, things, like, building new cities and stuff for people to live in, like, they'd be better at it. So, they don't do that. And then the other option is, like, maybe, um, is, like, maybe, um, they, uh, What's the word? Right. They're very... <laughs> okay, hear me out. Maybe they're very tiny. Wait, like the elves? <laughs> like at like in size? <laughs> yes. Okay? So all they this, are because, the Hebrew okay, elves. Because we never see them in... Interact with humans? Okay, basically, because light... Okay, you know Mike TV? Yeah, I know Mike TV. That's what they do, basically. They break you up into little pieces, and then they send you through the light. Oh, so, like in light leaping. What it, yeah, in light leaping. That, so what that if is light a good point. actually changes your size so that they can have, you know, billions and billions and quadrillions of cities all on the Earth, but they're really tiny? You know... <laughs> this is this me is at 1 a.m., y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean... It's 9.05. <laughs> well, too bad. Also, my computer just went to sleep, so I'm going to log back in with typing. But, yeah, I mean... Okay. Okay, that's one of those theories where it's like... Where I'm like, no, that's not true. But we don't know but enough about the Lost Cities to dispute it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's... <laughs> It's true, that's a major question that I have never, we've never been given an answer to, which is that, like, 
elves supposedly have a really tiny population, but if none of them die, that doesn't make sense. Why they can yeah, have? I mean, these another option is that houses they kill that people. are so huge. <laughs> like another option is that they is that they they actually kill people. Oh, or kill like elves. a. But that would be really dark. Situation. And I don't think do that. Yeah, I don't know if they'd go there just because that's kind of dark for a coddle. But I think that would be cool. I don't think it would be too dark, actually, to bring it in in, like, the last book. Or if they don't kill them, but they just, like, put them permanently to sleep and then, like, put them in a storage unit or something. How do they... Yeah, one, how are their houses so big? Two, how do they all fit in one school? Three, why is their population such an issue that they have to use the matchmaking lists for, like, optimal genetics or whatnot? Like, oh, also, I remember in, um, in book one, in, in book one and on my reread, this stuck out to me, um, where they said, like, elves have figured out how to live in any environment on earth, something like that. And I was just like, okay, so that's cool. And that's like a good explanation for like how you guys find so much space for yourselves. But also like, I just, we've never seen any elves live underground or in anywhere that, like, humans normally couldn't live except for, like, Atlantis. And that was built for humans. So, I, w- I, I would like, I think it would be cool to see, you know, an elf, like, see one of the lost cities that's, like, entirely underground or something like that. That's, like, in the core of the earth. In the core, that would be cool. Wait, isn't exile literally at the center of the earth? I just remembered that. It is. No, I thought it was just normal underground. I I might have made this up, but I feel like it is actually a thing that it's like literally in the molten core of the earth somehow. We're gonna confuse people by not knowing things. I know. I'm so sorry to whoever's listening. This I have a terrible memory, and I think everyone else here does too. <laughs> <laughs> if it was at the center of the earth, I would not approve of that because the center of the earth is molten metal, and you cannot make a prison there because Ivy, the metal would just Einstein was wrong. <laughs> oh, right. Einstein was wrong. Well, Einstein was not a geologist, so ha. Ha ha ha. <laughs> wow, we got really off topic there. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Exile, yeah. Yeah, wait, what were we, ta- we were talking about the planting and then there were like only a few wandering link trees wanderingling cannot pronounce that right right that only like a few hundred elves have died since like the beginning of time that's like a long time ago one elf per i don't actually know the age of the earth although it's although another um another i'm sorry one more another like option for why the elves don't have population like crazy is if they just didn't exist until a very short time ago like, I know that they have lots of generations and stuff, but, like, if they were just, if they're, like, you know, if they only came around in, like, the 1500s or whatever, and then, like, so they just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. I think, yeah, that would be interesting. I, okay, so I know that, like, in Never Seen, when Dex was putting together the Twiggler, right? the the elves 
We know the elves were around when humans were in the Stone Age because he was using the stones as humans technology. However, I think it would be cool if like, I don't know, if they weren't really a thing, like if they were just very spread out and few and far between until much later. And since since elves don't, um, since elves don't uh, die of old age, maybe, I mean, you could have like the the ancients or whatever just living and not reproducing and just like like being there for like hundreds of years before they actually came together and started like having children and forming society Mm. yeah yeah anyway back to the book so (laughs) um we have about like 10 minutes left so i think Honestly, not a ton happened in this section, but um, I'll try to wrap up. Did so, the mirror thing happen? The mirror? Yeah, so that's what we're getting to. So, yeah, so we, so Sophie does, like, some, like, tests on herself, sort of, and she figures out, oh, she does have, like, a light sensitivity kind of thing that she didn't have before, which probably has something to if do with... If you have migraines, you should take magnesium. <laughs> Magsidian? Magsidian. Oh. Which I was just thinking about it recently. Sorry, this is going off track again, but like Magsidian is just a portmanteau of magnesium and obsidian. Yeah. I had never thought obsidian about it. Obsidian makes that sense because it looks like obsidian, but why magnesium? Because if you like if you eat magsidian it gets rid of your migraines, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Sophie should mean, try. Hold on, properties of magnesium today is the research day um properties the surface oh oh my god wait what once ignited magnesium metal burns in air with a characteristic blinding bright white flame oh my god that is so freaking cool okay all right shannon good 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 on you (laughs) Wait, yeah, because that's that's what the black swan pendants did and never seen, right? Oh my god, that's so that's cool. That's so cool. That's okay. really okay. So it, so it actually is a combination of like my magnesium and obsidian. That's really cool, bro. Oh, that's cool. Okay, <laughs> all right. Today we Yay. learned things. So, yeah, yeah. Today we learned things, kiddos. Uh, geology lessons with Sammy and Ivy. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, Sophie, Sophie's finding, like, so the Black Swan are sending her all these messages and rare prattles pins, um, (laughs) Um, which is, like, maybe, which is, like, here's the thing, like, if I collect, like, I don't know, I, what, what are things that I collect? I collect, like, snow globes. And random little bits of ceramic, and, like, I would like to start collecting Funko Pops, but they're, like, really expensive. But, like... I collect rocks! Collect rocks. I did used, <laughs> I did used to collect rocks before I found out that was illegal to, like, take them from the beach. What? Um. I'm a criminal, y'all. <laughs> we've committed crimes. But, um... But honestly, like, if there was the secret organization that was giving me, like, really rare versions of things that I collected, I would, like, absolutely take those along with the notes. That's true. I, I mean, because at this point, I don't think they know, like, how 
deep this whole thing goes. And so they're like, these are just some creepy random people giving me things. Let's take them. Yay. <laughs> the black swan is Santa. Oh my god, Mr. Forkle is Santa Claus. That's literally canon. That's canon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? No, no, it's no, it's not, but like Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised though cuz he's also low Yeah, honestly, new theory. His fifth identity was Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> Mr. Forkle is Santa Claus. And come on, it goes perfectly with like the imagery and themes of the book. He sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> he knows when you're <laughs> oh my god okay yeah he's a santa claus stalker with eye <laughs> symbolism <laughs> anyway the, um so yeah she she so he goes to the um the hall of illumination in the elite towers and she looks at the lodestar mirror which will be important in book five don't forget about it um okay so the lodestar is that the pure light one or is yes. that the one where her face was weird? Wait, were those two different mirrors? I thought they were the same mirror. Oh, I thought they were different. Because I thought that the one where it was her face, that was like for the special assignment. And he was like, what's weird about that mirror? Oh, no, that was the human mirror. The I think the Lodestar mirror was the one where her face was kind of blurry. And then when she stared at it for long enough, it started being, like, really, really bright. And then she passed out. Oh, okay. Why was it just her face? That seems weird. Yeah, I... That's a question that has never been answered. I've always wondered about that, but I, I feel like that's a thing that will, like, be answered in the last book. Um... But, yeah, so if... Yeah, the... Yeah, I don't know why... It reflects only pure light because it that seems to mean that if it reflected Sophie at all, then that means there's some pure light in Sophie, right? <gasps> oh, that's really cool. Wait, do we know if it reflects other people or like? I don't know. I'd have to. Yeah, we'll we'll have to keep that in mind when we reread Lodestar because I don't remember that much about the Lodestar mirror. Anyway, so when they keep going with like with Keith and then figuring out trying to figure out like track down the black swan things like that we get we do get the quote back the t-rex up iconic um there's also a bit about Keith saying that like his dad wouldn't give him the sense in crest because he had to earn it that felt sad <laughs> yeah Cassius is kind of mean in general. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's weird, though? Actually, not what's weird, though. I feel like that is... That does... I wonder... Okay. Whew. I wonder if Gisela ever tried to give it to him because I feel like her whole thing is about, like, you know, you can't escape us. We are your family. This is your destiny, right? Like... And maybe Cassius was trying to... How, did he know about that? About what I, she was doing? Or I don't no? think he knew about Gisela. It's possible he knew, like, kind of unconsciously or he suspected, but he he didn't know she was, like, part of the Neverseen. 
that yeah, that's interesting. Because it does seem like something Gisela would want to do. Seems like something that she and Catrice might have like butted heads about. Yeah, because she's she seems to be a very symbolic person. She is really into um, you know, like this thing that doesn't actually mean anything proves that you are, you know. Yeah, which is a very, like, elven way to think. Like, I feel like she symbolizes elven society as a whole, kind of. Oh. Yeah, AP Lit. Bringing out those AP handy. Lit skills, yeah. <laughs> and um, the very last chapter of this section was when uh, Sophie, Sophie hits up Dex um, and asks him and Keith to come to uh, the Cliffside Caves because the last note she got from the Black Swan was um, is we can fix you right oh no yeah, it's I was face saying, your fears we can fix you and then and then face your fears so she was like oh face your fears that must mean like face the PTSD um, so they're going back to the place where they got kidnapped where they find one last note which is the one that says we can fix you right and then that's where we ended the section. Which, like, makes sense as, like, a narrative, like, place to, like, end the story because it's a kind of cliffhanger, but it did feel a little weird to end the section there this week, so for that, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, yeah. I was wondering what is the purpose of putting her through all these trials and stuff because, like, they know she's the Moonlark and they literally trained her for this or they, like, raised her for this, so why do they feel the need to, like, test her to be like all cryptic and stuff yeah i thought it was more out of necessity because they're operating so much in the shadows at this time like they can't really like tyrgan can't just walk up to her and be like hey come to cliffside that's true i just i don't know i think it was really prolonged and they could have just done it a little like they sent her all over the place it's like could you just do the first thing like like i mean could you just do the last thing like first like yeah it could have had fewer steps <laughs> yeah although i mean that could be a theme of exile right because in exile they had to didn't they have to go through like five different thingies to go to get there i know what you're thinking about that wasn't exile it was in um that wasn't exile oh it was, okay, never I don't that. remember which book it was, but there was a point where they had to use the light from all five stars to, use, yeah. to get to a place that was, like, really, like, hidden. It was probably, like, some sort of Black Swan hideout place. Oh, it was the, was it the place where Prentice was? It, it was a Black Swan hideout. It was either in Everblaze or Neverseen, I think. So if that's about it, then I think we'll share our social media. So you can... Find us on KeeperCast on Tumblr and the KeeperCast on Instagram. And then you can find me on Malamelting on both Tumblr and Instagram. And you can find me at Aelin-Ashriver-Galathinius um, on Tumblr. It's the name of the, the girl in Throne yeah, of Class. Yeah, it's the girl in Throne of Class. <laughs> like, we're, we're going to end every episode with you in it talking about Throne of Class, aren't we? <laughs> okay, Throne of Glass <laughs> is... Like, okay, it's like 29% of my life, so. Really? Because, like, last week you said it was, like, 80%. Oh, did I? Well, it, okay, it's, le- okay, 
my my baseline is like the Lunar Chronicles is thirty six point two eight percent of my life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta all base it off of that. So I would say the Throne of Glass That's is like twenty nine percent. This has been Keepercast. See you next week. Thank you.